there's been a lot of negatives with the Arizona State Sun Devils football team in 2022, but not everything has been terrible. In fact, there's a lot of guys who deserve some praise, and that's who we're going to highlight on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I am your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you all so much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in that visual platform. But wherever you do your podcast, hit like and subscribe and make sure you turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. In order to stay in touch with all that content, Make sure that you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36. You can find the podcast wire there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Follow both of those and stay in touch with everything going on with the Arizona State Sun Devils all the time. Let's go into today's conversation. What I want to let, take a look at is I've been very negative lately. And I mean, to a certain extent, I, I feel like I just, I'm allowed to be negative with the state of the program and the one and three record and the fact that the rest of the season is not promising by any stretch of the imagination but you know it's not really fun to be negative nancy it's not it's not fun to consistently be looking down on your own program so what i wanted to do today is i wanted to give some appreciation to some of the arizona state some of the players who are playing better than the circumstance that is going through the team right now so there's three guys that stand out to me the most but there are going to be plenty of other guys that i highlight as we go through so Let's go ahead and start with the most obvious one, Xavier Valade. X Valade, whatever you want to call him, the X Factor. He's Mr. Do It All this year. He's been so, so, so good. And if he wasn't on this team, Arizona State would be in so much trouble right now. He truly has been a transcendent player for you. He has been everything you needed on the offensive side of the ball. You're finally starting to get him more incorporated into the passing game, which I'm excited about. Uh, He now has seven catches on a year, 55 yards, so very healthy 7.9 yards of reception. You'll take that every day of the week that ends in Y and twice on Saturdays. But where he's doing his real damage is on the ground, where he's averaging six and a half yards a carry. He's got almost 400 yards and four touchdowns on the year. He's been terrific. Truly, you can put him in the conversation for the Doak Walker Award this year, which is the award obviously given out to the best running back in the nation. He is, he's, he's up there. He really is like, I'm not saying he's the slam dunk winner. I'm not saying that he should finish in the top three, but he's absolutely in that conversation right now. And he's someone that you need to monitor with the way he's been playing. Valaday is just so smooth. The way that he plays the position, he just glides through holes. And it's so impressive to me. It just seems effortless the way that he just plays the position. He finds creases. He finds openings. He creates them sometimes when he needs to. Valaday has been a very, very special player for this offense. Again, if, if you take X Valaday off this team, I don't know how good the offense is. Like you literally, you literally are running your team through X Valaday right now. Take him away. 
I, I do believe in Daniel Nagata. Don't don't get me wrong. So this is not Daniel Nagata slander whatsoever. Everyone knows I love Daniel Nagata. In fact, I, I'm here to tell you he needs more touches this year. The fact that he's only got 21 in four games, criminal. They need to get him more involved. He needs to be closer to 100 carries by the end of the year because Valaday is easily going to get there. Valaday is 40 carries away. He could get that in the next two weeks. Nagata is very far away. They need to get him more involved. It's such a dynamic running back duo. But the point I was trying to make, if you take Nag- or not Nagata, if you take Valaday out of this offense, there is a significant decrease in production, sustainability, and overall like just being able to threaten the defense. Because Valaday does everything for you. Literally everything. He catches, he runs, he scores, he's a good pass protector. It's a smart player. Five tools for what you need out of the running back spot. You just, you'd be in a really bad position if you didn't have him. And again, like I'm a huge Daniel Nagata Nagata fan. I am more than of the belief that Nagata could have been a lead back this year. And I am, you know, more than beyond impressed that he stayed at the program instead of transferring out when Valade came in. He embraced the role of still being the number two back. You know, I, I wish it was more of a 1A, 1B, but he's he's definitely more of the number two back for the team, but he's still productive. He's still great. I think he could be good in this role that Valade has. But Valade in this role has been excellent. He truly has just taken his game to the next level. I think that right now he is not coming back in 2023. He's going to go to the NFL draft and he's going to get drafted. Now, is it going to be a third round pick like Rashad White or is it going to be a seventh round pick like Eno Benjamin? It's going to be picked at all. I don't know. It's a lot of time left between now and April, but he is certainly building himself up a pretty impressive resume to where if he wanted to get drafted in the NFL, he is on the right track. The other thing that's so impressive about him, he's doing this with an offensive line that's really not that great. They admittedly are much better run blocking than they are pass blocking. You know, Ladarius Henderson is a very, very, very good guard. And I want to throw some praise his way too real quick. Yeah, I'm going to detour just really quick to talk about Ladarius Henderson because I said I I wanted to talk about more than just these three guys. Ladarius Henderson has been such a godsend on what has been a call a spade a spade atrocious offensive line they have consistently let emory jones down this year he's only been sacked nine times in four games but remember that one of those games was against nau and the two games against utah and uh what was it oklahoma state i believe he was sacked seven times between those two games so you know, seven sacks in two games against power five competition. It's not ideal. And their, their road is not going to be any easier, but Ladarius Henderson has been a sight for sore eyes. And how funny is it that he actually gave up a sack for the first time in like, it was like 20 games or something like that. I don't know. It was something insane, but he gave up a sack on Saturday night and you still sat there and you were like, damn, this guy's really good. In fact, he gave up that sack. And you just sat there and you're like, that's how you know that this is just not Arizona State's night. Is they they literally are watching their best offensive lineman give up a play that he doesn't give up. 
he's really good. Ben Scott is pretty darn solid. The rest of the offensive line is suspect. They need to make a change, especially a left tackle. But anyways, um, <laughs> Valaday is definitely exceeding the circumstances of the of the offensive line, short of a couple players there. He's he's made everyone look better. I mean, this Arizona State offensive line, or not offensive line, this uh, Arizona State run game is averaging 4.5 yards per carry. That's in spite of the 0.4 yards per carry that Emory Jones has right now. Between Valaday and Agata, you have 6.5 and, and 6 yards per carry, respectively. Valaday's been insane. Valaday has been everything that you needed and a bag of peanuts. I don't want to know where he would be without him. One quick break, and then we will hop back into this conversation. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Ben Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that are happening right now at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, guys, back into our amazing, amazing conversation about lifting up our players instead of tearing them down. Next thing I want to talk about, I feel like he might have been the biggest surprise of the year for the, for like the mainstream media. For like the the fans who weren't at practices and whatnot. That's Elijah Badger. Elijah Badger has become your number one receiver. Convincingly. It's not close. Looking on the year. Badger has 22 catches. He has 293 yards. And he's got a touchdown. For what it's worth, there are only three touchdown receptions on this team. But Badger has one of them. So he's tied for first. Receptions, he has 22. Next closest guy. Giovanni Sanders with 10. So he more than doubles him. 293 receiving yards. Next guy, Giovanni Sanders. 164. Keep in mind, one of those catches was 73 yards. So you take that away, and I mean, he's got nine catches for somewhere in the 90-yard range. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Don't, Don't make me do math right now, though. This is... This is a guy who has taken a disappointing factor of the offense, which is the passing game, and he has given it any bit of validity. There are some decent pass catchers on this team. You know, unfortunately, Cam Johnson has not taken this step forward that I was hoping he would. Brian Thompson is just like, if college football has busts, Brian Thompson's a bust. Jalen Conyers and Messiah Swenson are good for what they are. Uh, it, it was kind of made like we were led on to believe that the tight ends were going to have a more prominent role in this offense. That just hasn't been the case. And that's okay. Like I still like, I still like Conyers and I still like Swinson, but I definitely wish that we were getting a little bit more out of them than the nine catches and just over a hundred yards between the two of them. Charles Hall is there five catches, 70 yards. Andre Johnson continues to underwhelm. Like, just, it is what it is, I guess. But Elijah Badger 
has been a light in the darkness for this passing game. He brings the consistency that the rest of these guys just don't. He has proven to be a reliable set of hands. And him and Emery, for some reason, seem to have a really good connection with each other. I mean, think about it like this. Emery has completed 66 passes. 22 of them have gone to Badger. So Badger has 33% of the receptions that Emery Jones has completed this year. Emery also has 110 attempts. I can't see the targets right in front of me, but I would be willing to bet that he's got a pretty good amount. So this is this is a really reliable guy. And I mean, he's got a good build too for what it's worth. He's six foot two, 190 pounds. He's a true sophomore. Or he might be a redshirt sophomore. Regardless, he's a sophomore. So he'll he'll be back next year. And that's huge. You have the potential to develop your next best wide receiver. Something you haven't had since Brandon Ayuk when he left in 2020. Something you haven't had since Nikhil Harry left in 2019. You potentially finally have a number one receiver here. That is one of the most overlooked storylines so far of the entire year for Arizona State. We have not brought up how good Elijah Badger has been. Part of that is because of how bad the team has been. I understand that. It's hard to look at positives when you're one and three and you've lost three straight and they're three blowouts, honestly, like is what it is. Nine point loss to Eastern Michigan's a blowout as far as I'm concerned. But Badger has proven to be a bright spot in an otherwise very dim offense. His worst game of the year was NAU. He caught four passes, 38 yards. Every game since then, he's had at least five catches and 76 yards. He's everything you need. He's had a 20-yard reception in all three games, too. He's making plays. He's proving to be reliable, and he's giving you a lot of hope for the future. I really, really am happy with what I have seen out of Elijah Badger. Let's take one more small little break when we return. We're going to pick it up with a couple more guys. I want to highlight one in particular. If you're not subscribed to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast already, you need to do that. No excuses, guys. This is the best podcast in the world after the Locked On Sun Devils, but certainly for keeping in touch with the Conference of Champions and knowing everything you need to know about all of ASU's rivals. Get Get all your news on the Conference of Champions in 30 minutes or less with my good friend, and number one fan of the podcast, Spencer McLaughlin. Make it your second listen of the day. We've talked offense. Before we hop into the final guy I want to talk about, uh, it it was really difficult to pick one of these two over the other to like officially put in my three, you know, quote unquote. Again, there's, there's a lot more players than just three that I want to highlight here on this list. There's been a lot of very good players. So I want to read off just a few names that I've been happy with. Uh, uh, Chris Edmonds, been incredibly satisfied with what you've gotten out of Chris Edmonds. He has been that true roaming safety, and he's massive too. He's six foot three, got an interception on the air. He probably should have housed it, but unfortunately there was a penalty that wiped that opportunity away from him. Nonetheless, he's been a very strong presence. In the secondary, Nessa Jade Silvera has been dominant on the defensive line as well. Dude just 
moves and glides along the line. It doesn't make sense for someone as big as him to be as fluid and athletic as he has been moving. Corey Bethley, I understand he's not lighting up the, the box score the way that we had all hoped he would, but he's still third on the team in tackles. He forced a fumble last week. He's still a very good football player. DJ Taylor as a nickel corner. Very, very impressive. I think that he has actually kind of blown me away with how solid he has been as a defensive starter. Special teams, he's, he's still a liability. I, I, I think he's been better than years past, I think. But yeah, looking strictly though at his production on defense, he's been very, very good. Merlin Robertson has been pretty good as well. Uh, 33 sacks. He's got a, he, 33 sacks. Holy crap. That would be insane. 33 tackles. He has a sack. He's a good player. I want to mention, man, I'm still kind of deciding between these two. No, I'm just going to do it. All right. So the final quote unquote honorable mention here is going to be Carter Brown. ASU has struggled so much with their special teams field goal production over the last however many years, pretty much like since Zane Gonzalez has left, it's been like a rotating door. You had Brandon Reese for a year. Uh, you had Christians and Dejas for a couple of years. And I, I feel like there was another guy in there as well, but Christian Brown has come in and he's just been darn near perfect. He's 10 of 10 on his extra points, seven of eight on field goals. His only miss was uh, like somewhere between a 40 and a 49 yarder, but he nailed a 47 yarder last week which if you watch college football, might as well be like a 60-yarder in the pros because that that is not a guarantee. Anything but a guarantee. Carter Brown's been outstanding. He's another guy where I don't, I don't know where you would be without him. But the final guy that I want to talk about, Kyle Soley. He is playing out of his mind like his hair is on fire. He's running around the field. If you're in front of him, he's going to tackle you. I feel like he has not missed very many opportunities this year, which shouldn't be a surprise that he leads the team convincingly in tackles with 51. He also leads you with interceptions at two. He's been so smart in coverage. Like he just, he's able to read the quarterback and just hop on the ball. And I mean, one of his interceptions was on Spencer Sanders. That is an, that's an impressive interception. Spencer Sanders has not turned the ball over a lot for Oklahoma state or you know, if he does it, it's a bad day. So for you to get a turnover on one of the best offenses in college football, that's remarkable. Kyle Soley is legit. And I was not his biggest fan last year. And I was hesitant on him going into this year. I will tell you right now, I think Kyle Soley is the best player on this defense. I don't think it's close either. I really like some of the guys. I love uh, Nesta. You know, I, I still love Trevez. I still love uh, Corey Bethley. Kyle Soley is on a whole other plane of existence with the way he's playing football right now. It's beyond impressive. I am so happy that we have someone on the defensive side of the ball who's been able to step up, produce, and keep us in games. Even, even if it's still blowouts. I don't want to know where you'd be without Kyle Sully, his two turnovers and his tackling prowess. This guy has made himself a lot of money this year. He's got a really good chance to get to the pros where 
at one point, you know, last year, I don't know if he was getting a practice squad tryout. Now, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he'll be a prospect. He'll be someone people talk about. He's got the profile too. It's massive. He's 6'4", 235 pounds. He's your standard, like, classic linebacker. He hits like one. He's smart with anticipation, and he leads the defense. That's the final thing that I want to leave you guys with. Kyle Soley is the leader of this defense. That's amazing because, man, has your defense not been good this year. And it's it's not a Kyle Soley fault. It, it is anything but Kyle Soley's fault. If you took Kyle Soley off this defense, I don't even want to know how good or bad you'd be. Or it, I don't even know why I said good. I don't even want to know how bad he would be. So celebrate all those players, Arizona State fans. It's not all doom and gloom here in Tempe. There are still silver linings here. That's everything I got for you today on this edition of the Locked On Sunnivals podcast. You know, thank you guys so much. As my, uh, thank you guys so much, as always, for making this your first listen of the day. Make sure that you check us out wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, if you want to like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter. You can get me at RichieBrad36, and you can get the podcast at LO underscore Sundoubles. Tweet at us all the time. This is also your reminder that tomorrow's edition of the podcast will be the LOSD mailbag. So send in your questions, and I will answer them on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So until next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on some levels.